you'll turn with us tonight to the uh, the book of Third John. Third John tonight. I I won't preach very long tonight. I promise you that. And um, just going to preach a few moments, and um, and then we'll go to the house here in just a little while. Amen. And so I thank God for this church. The Lord sure has blessed us, and we want to thank Him for that. The good unity, and I appreciate the goodness of God. And so you pray for us for a few minutes tonight. And I appreciate the Lord touching uh, the service this morning the way He did. And it makes me want to pray more. And uh, we certainly need the power of God. If you're able to stand with us tonight, 3 John, and we'll read these verses and have a word of prayer, and then you can be seated. The Bible says, The elder unto the well-beloved Gaius, whom I love in the truth. Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. For I rejoice greatly when the brethren came and testified of the truth that is in thee, even as thou walkest in the truth. I have no greater joy to hear that my children walk in truth. Beloved, thou doest faithfully whatsoever thou doest to the brethren and to strangers, which have borne witness of thy charity before the church, whom if thou bring forward on their journey after a godly sort, thou shalt do well, because that for his name's sake they went forth taking nothing of the Gentiles. We therefore ought to receive such that we might be fellow helpers to the truth. I wrote unto the church, but Diotrephes, who, loved to, who loveth to have the preeminence among them, receiveth us not. Wherefore, if I come, I will remember his deeds, which he doeth, prating against us with malicious words, and not content therewith, neither do he himself receive the brethren, and forbidding them that would, and casting them out of the church. Beloved, follow not that which is evil, but that which is good. He that doeth good is of God, but he that doeth evil hath not seen God. Demetrius hath a good report of all men, and of the truth itself, yea, and we also bear record, and ye know that our record is true." I have many things to write, but I will not with ink and pen write unto you. But I trust I shall shortly see thee, and we shall speak face to face. Peace be to thee. Our friends salute thee. Great, greet, the, the, greet thy, the friends by name. Let's bow for prayer. Father, I want to thank you, Lord, for the privilege to be in the house of God, for the good testimonies and the good singing in your presence. I pray now that you'll bless the reading of thy word, speak to our hearts, and help us to receive with meekness the engrafted word. God, may you be pleased tonight. We'll love you and thank you. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated tonight. I want to preach a message a few minutes tonight that uh, I would classify this message to be one of instruction. And what I mean by that is sometimes I think as a pastor we are to preach messages that it doesn't necessarily mean that there is or is not a problem. And I say that on the outset of this message because I do not want to give the wrong impression in this message tonight. I think the, the wise thing to do oftentimes is to preach sermons that will benefit us and educate us and open our eyes and give us wisdom and discernment and not wait till problems arise but yet see them before they could ever get there. Isn't that right? Uh, I say that because oftentimes we, if we're not careful, we can wait till we're neck deep in a problem to deal with it. But I don't think the pulpit is the place to deal with uh, personal issues or, or opinions or ideas. I think there are times when you have to, as a pastor, bring out things that are public, but you never want to do that unless you have to. And one of the ways to keep from doing that is simply preventive maintenance. Can I get an amen? And I think that's why the commandment is given to preach the whole counsel of the Word of God. 
I'm preaching tonight on this subject on defining diatrophies. Defining diatrophies. Now, as far as I know tonight, there is not a diatrophies within our church, but it would be foolish for me to wait until there was one to deal with that. I think it's more wise tonight because you cannot change the diatrophies of this world, nor in the churches. Only God can do that. But what you can do as a pastor, as a preacher, you can educate the congregation and pray for discernment that every one of us, if we see one or if one was to arise, uh, uh, we could learn to pray for that person and deal with them according to the Word of God. You say, preacher, why would you preach that? One, because it's in the Bible. And number two, because my friend the devil would love to tear up any old-fashioned church, amen? And just because things are going good today, that does not mean that they're going to go good tomorrow. Now, I'm praying toward that end, and I'm looking with anticipation that God will take care of us and bless our church. But one of the ways that he does that is by educating the congregation and giving each one of us discernment of the Spirit to detect those things that need to be detected whenever they do arise. I want you to notice that John in this epistle here, he deals with three different personalities, three different men in this text here. In verses 1 through 8, he deals with the perseverance of Gaius. And he talks about Gaius here and how that he was a man that was faithful to both the men of God and the messengers of God. He loved the Lord. And we see that John has a prayer for him in verse number 2. He said, Beloved, I wish above all these things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as thy soul prospers. So uh, John, the man of God, had a prayer for this man because he was a great encourager. He was a great exhorter. He was a man that had been a blessing and a benefit because he was a man of perseverance within the local assembly. I tell you, I appreciate people tonight that will just persevere. Amen? I thank God for members and saints that will just be faithful through the good times and through the bad. If you want to be a blessing to your pastor, a blessing to the other members in the church, and most of all, a blessing to the Lord, then just be faithful and be in your place every time the doors are open and every single time that you can be here. Amen? I think church ought to be the priority. Somebody say amen. And so we see here tonight that this man was a blessing because of his perseverance. He was an encourager and John prays for him in verse number 2. And then John praises him in verse number 3. He said, For I rejoice greatly when the brethren came and testified of the truth that is in thee, even as thou walkest in the truth. You see, this was a man that was persevering, that was being a blessing, that was walking in the truth of God's word. And he had a good testimony, not just amongst the Lord and amongst the preacher, but he had one amongst the brethren. Amen? And you know, I want to keep a good testimony in the church. I want to be a member that when somebody else in the church talks about me, I want them to say something good. Amen? I don't mean that like there's anything good in me. I just mean I don't want to reap havoc in a church. Somebody say amen. And I want to be a blessing and not a liability to the, uh, to the people of God. And so he tells us in verse number 3 and 4 that he was faithful to God's message. He says in verses 5 through 8 that he was faithful to God's messenger as he said in verse number 8 that he said we therefore ought to receive such that we might be fellow helpers to the truth. Now that's the kind of man that Gaius was. He persevered and he helped missionaries and he helped teachers that came through. He was a great encourager. Amen. But now John is about to deal with the second man. And this second type of personality is one that I think as members of a church we've always got to be on the outlook for. 
What I mean by that is is that there is, may not be a diatrophies in the church today, but one could arise tomorrow. And what keeps me in my place tonight and what can keep you in your place tonight is to realize that that person very well could be me or it very well could be you. Amen? You see, that keeps me from being judgmental to others, but it makes me aware that the flesh is always willing to rise up. Amen? And so John is going to talk about the pride of diatrophies. We see the perseverance of Gaius and we see the pride of Diotrephes. Now, just as Gaius was an encourager, we find that Diotrephes was egotistic and he talks about the evil of this man in verse number 9 and 10. In fact, John indicates six different counts of this man concerning him as a church member. He says in verse number 9 that he demands to occupy the leading role or the leading place, that he loves to have the preeminence. He says in verse number 9 that he refuses to receive John that he received him not. He slanders others uh, particularly the apostles and the brethren in verse number 10 he's unwilling to entertain brethren uh, particularly missionaries uh, he attempts to, uh, to uh, uh, excommunicate other believers as the Bible says in verse number 10 that he casts them out of the church uh, and then he has an utterly wicked character as the word of God said not to follow him or them which is evil. Amen. Now what I'm saying tonight is that my friend just one man as John is writing about here could destroy an entire congregation. Wasn't that something tonight? How that when you take many members in a church and how that this is I believe a good church but I pray that it'll be a spiritual church and stay a spiritual church. Isn't that right? I think we could say this is a spiritual church tonight. And as strong as this church may look in our eyes and as many years of unity and harmony as we have had in this church, do you realize tonight it doesn't take 50 people to divide a church? It doesn't take 40. It doesn't take 30. It doesn't take 20. It doesn't even take 10 people. It doesn't even take five people to destroy, uh, to divide a church. It only takes one tonight. One person can fracture a church to a point that it can never be repaired again. Oh, when you think about that tonight, the seriousness of this text and what John is dealing with here, John is going to tell us three things about the pride of Diotrephes and dealing with him. John is going to tell us these three things concerning this man that defines him. I think the message tonight is a very needed message, not specifically just for this church, but I think it's needed in every one of our churches today because we're living in a very prideful society. Amen? I think social media has blown that far beyond to what it was even a few years ago when now people are so into themselves and they promote themselves and we see that in the world that we're living in today even see signs that talks about uh, having a better you and being a better you and life is all about you I'm here to tell you tonight life is not about me and life is not about you life is about him and life is about those around us amen and if you and I are the Christian that God wants us to be we'll keep our focus on Jesus uh, and we'll keep our focus on others and helping them uh, but we put ourselves at the very end of the line isn't that right? I think there's that little song that talks about joy that says Jesus first, yourself last, and others in between. That may be a little nursery rhyme, Sunday school rhyme, but there's a lot of truth in that song tonight. 
Because, my friend, living the Christian life is not about receiving, it's about giving. Amen? It's about giving your life for the cause of Christ and for the cause of others. But Diotrephes did not, uh, does not live that way. And Paul or John talks about the evil of this man. He talks about exposing this man in verse number 10. He says, I will remember his deeds. Uh, uh, he says, which he doeth when he comes. Now, thank God for a preacher that will deal with the Diotrephes. Amen? My to any pastor or to any preacher would be this. Uh, if you don't deal with the diatrophies, they will deal with you. Amen. And there's a part of pastoring that none of us would enjoy tonight as men of God. And Brother Jack, I know that you've faced this in your years of pastoring. We never enjoy that. But there is just time uh, uh, times when the ax has to be laid to the root. Uh, and as a man of God with great remorse, uh, uh, you have to do things sometimes you don't want to do, but you know it's for the good of the church. Amen. And friend, listen it's a last resort every time but it must be dealt with amen and John said when I come he said I'm going to remember this man's deeds in other words John's going to look him right square in his eyes and deal with him as he is he talks about the exposing of this man he talks about uh, the exhortation about this man he's going to lay out three things that I want to give you tonight and be done concerning defining Diotrephes. Number one, how do you recognize a diotrephes? I want to say first of all, diotrephes delights in attention. The Bible says in verse number nine here, I wrote unto the church, but diotrephes, now watch this, who loveth to have the preeminence among them. You see, a diotrephes is one that wants to be in the forefront. They are one that love, they, they love being the center. They, they love being in control. They, they love being in competition. I, well, I'm glad we're not in competition tonight. Amen. Uh, whenever the singers sing, uh, I'm glad tonight there's no uh, competition in the singing. Amen. It's not about performance. It's not, and while I'm on that subject, and I know every singer here agrees with me, but it's good for us to be reminded of this, that this is not a stage. Amen. It is a platform. Isn't that right? Well, singers in this church, and I don't think anybody is guilty of that. I just think it's good preaching. We're not up here to entertain. Amen. A song is not about how much talent we can show. And I thank God for the talent that we've heard and the talent that we do have but it's not about me flexing my talent it's not about me flexing my voice it's not about I think you ought to do your best and you ought to hit every note right if you can but if you can't it's okay somebody say amen because there's something more important than talent we need a touch amen brother I'm telling you we can make it without talent but you'll not make it without a touch friend uh, uh, you need that touch and every singer ought to pray for the touch of God amen uh, but listen uh, when I think about that tonight this is not a competition it, uh, listen it's it's not about uh, diatrophies loves to, uh, to be complimented. They love the praise. Uh, uh, they love the platform. Uh, I mean, they love the people, the power, all of those things uh, uh, that come with it. But my friend, if you're right with God tonight, and if I'm right with God tonight, I don't want to be pushed out in the front. Amen. I want to get out of the way so he can be seen in the way tonight. Amen. Amen. I know as a pastor and as a preacher, we have to be in the forefront. But God has a way of breaking you down so that this doesn't mean anything hardly at all. What I mean by that tonight, there are times, I'm going to be honest with you, I like to run and hide. I, there's times when I enjoy sitting right there. I don't mean I don't enjoy pastoring. I don't mean that I, I don't want to be... Pre I love pastoring and I love being a preacher more than anything in the world. But what I'm saying is uh, uh, the spotlight isn't what people think it is. 
And I think people at the judgment seat that was never seen by men, was never praised by men, no one ever said anything uh, good about them, but they were faithful. They'll be so far ahead of us preachers at the judgment seat because much of what we have done has been in the forefront. But Diotrephes loves to be praised. He has got to be the center. You know, I think when you come to church, uh, uh, it, the less we talk about ourselves, can I get an amen? And I don't mean that you can't use a personal illustration. Sometimes I, I will use a personal illustration in preaching, but even I know as a preacher, you have to be careful about that. You have to be careful that the sermon, the song, the testimony, the lesson, that it don't become about us. I remember starting out preaching. Boy, when you say this, you must be getting older. <laughs> but I remember starting out preaching when I talked more about myself. Brother Danny, I didn't mean to, but it was just ignorance. It was youth. And I'm not saying, but sometimes the Holy Spirit will still say, okay, that's enough. I know I'm the only one in the building that ever talks about themselves too much. Y'all pray for me. I'm telling you, when you give a testimony, I'm not saying if something happened this week and God really was in it and you gave a testimony, I'm not saying that's wrong. But you got to be careful that it don't come about me. That it ain't poor old me. I'm telling you, you want to kill a service, you just get up and sing the blues. Somebody say amen to that. Everybody has a rough week, but you don't need to cry about it. Go home and cry about it. Somebody say amen. Come to the altar and cry about it. But for heaven's sake, don't get up and testify and cry about it. I mean, we all have a rough time. I, I could tell you 10 things that happened this week uh, uh, that, that were negatives, but you know the truth of the matter is you don't want to hear those 10 things uh, and you don't even care. I mean, you love me, uh, uh, but you don't want me to waste your time tonight telling you about the 10 things that went wrong. And for the 10 things that went wrong, guess what? There's 150,000 things that went right. I just got to open my eyes uh, and quit looking at those 10 things. Uh, uh, but my friend, I think too many times uh, if we're not careful we'll make church about us and we'll not make it about him amen listen the Bible that's why we need Bible preaching amen because it doesn't talk much about us and when it does it's never good amen I'm just simply saying this the diatrophies they love the spotlight they love the attention and I'm telling you when you're right with God you know that you and I don't deserve nothing but hell I don't deserve to be put on a pedestal I don't deserve to be lifted up if there's anything good about me God did every bit of it amen I'm telling every time somebody gives an accolade or gives a, a form of praise and I appreciate that but the Holy Ghost quickly reminds me son had it not been for Calvary had it not been for the shed blood had it not been for the Holy Spirit without me you can do nothing oh if there's ever been a day I need him I'm finding out I need him more now than I've ever needed him in all my life I don't want to be in the front light my friend I want to be right behind him I want to be tucked behind I'm the shadows of the cross. I, I want to be where God wants me to be. Amen. Brother, I don't want people to see me tonight. I want them to see Jesus. I'll never forget about, I've said this before, but I want to say it again. I hadn't forgot that I've said it. I just want to say it again. I remember about 10 or 12 years ago, Brother James Jones was preaching in this pulpit one morning. And I don't remember the sermon, but I'll tell you the sermon for me was this one statement. I wrote it down in my Bible, but I tell you, the Holy Spirit wrote it in my heart. 
He was talking about a man of God after years of pastoring and leaving and he made this statement to his congregation in his final farewell sermon. He said to that congregation, if I have tied you to anything other than Jesus Christ, then I have failed as a pastor. Boy, I'm telling you when he said that, God embedded that in my heart. And I said, Lord, one of these days uh, when I'm 95, I plan on retiring, amen. I'll think about it, amen. And I'll tell you when I'm about 95, and I resign this church one of these days. Uh, you know what? my prayer is is that whoever's left here in whatever congregation I'm pastoring at that moment I pray to God that I've not tied one single member to me I don't want you to follow me I want you to follow Jesus Christ I tell you I'm flesh and I fail and I've got mistakes but there's one I'm preaching about there's one we're singing about he's never disappointed any of us he's never failed any of us and we'll do well to put the spotlight on him magnify Jesus I say amen I say make much of the Lord I say lift his name up he's worthy to be praised tonight and nothing kills a service or a church any faster than when people take the crown off his head and put it on theirs I've been in revival meetings where it's been so difficult to preach because people made it about them. Brother, I'm telling you tonight, it's amazing how when you start lifting his name up, how he shows up. The devil will tell you, now don't testify because you don't know what to say. And then when you don't testify all the way home, he'll say, boy, you should have testified. You missed a blessing. Has he ever told you that? Now I'm telling you, if you don't know what to say, let me answer that question. Don't say anything but Jesus. Just get up and say he's wonderful. He's the counselor. He's the mighty God. He's my everlasting father. And he's the prince of peace. Don't that make you feel better? That ain't about me, that's about him. He is the eternal God. He is my refuge. He is my anchor. He is my way. He is my hope. He's my salvation. Isn't that wonderful? He's my rock in a weary land. He, my friend, is the door. He is the, the shepherd. I mean, we could just go on and on about Jesus tonight. Isn't that right? I'm telling you, it takes the storm clouds and fades them away. You know why? Because, my friend, that's what we've come. We've gathered together in His name. But you've got to watch that crowd that's always wants their name to be highlighted. Friend, we're living in a time when everybody or a lot of people is wanting to make a name for everybody but Jesus. Amen. I'm telling you, listen, church isn't a place uh, where we make, we elevate personalities. It's not a place where, my friend, we pick people up uh, higher than what they are. It's a place where we talk about Him and we exalt Him. I pray that when we leave every time we see no man save Jesus only. Hallelujah. That's what's most important. But the diatrophies, they want the attention. In fact, they get mad if their name's not in the bulletin. They get mad if they don't get sung happy birthday to. How many of y'all thank God we don't sing happy birthday every Sunday? Boy, I praise God for that. I mean, if you can't shout about nothing else, you ought to shout because of that. I mean, listen, I've been in churches where they sung it every Sunday. I never did figure this out, Miss Cape. You had to come down on your birthday and put money in the offering plate. I mean, what in the world's that about? Amen. 
I've seen it all my life, but I'm like, you got to pay because you're another year older, and then you got to stand up in front of a congregation and get embarrassed while they sing happy birthday. They don't want to sing it, and you don't want to hear it, but for some reason, unknown to man, people just keep on doing it. Amen? I'm telling you, listen, I'm glad we don't do that mess around here. Now, if you want us to sing happy birthday, we'll sing it to you. But I'll tell you, I'm glad I'm not in a church where people get all bent out of shape, and when something in their life doesn't get recognized. Amen? I'm telling you, friend, listen, we ought to put the spotlight only on Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. You say, well, preacher, well, I just won't even go there. Amen. Let's move on. Point number two. I'm going to quit here in just a minute, but I'm having a good time. Y'all having a good time? All right. Y'all look like you are anyway. Point number two. Diotrephes. Delights in attention. Number two, Diotrephes despises authority. Notice what the Bible says in verse number nine. The Bible says he receiveth us not. Now here's a man that could be kind to everybody else in the church except the authority of the church. Here's a man that knew how to treat everybody and wine and dine them, but he would not receive John. He would not receive us, the apostles. Why is that? Because they were men of authority. You know, when God calls a man to preach, He gives him authority. He gives him anointing. You, you can't demand that. You can't produce that. That's just something God gives to a preacher when He calls him to preach. He gives him that authority, and that authority doesn't come within Himself. It comes from the Word of God. Amen? But God anoints him as he preaches that, that book, so it gives him that authority that he could never have within himself. And when John came to town, Diotrephes would not receive him. I made this statement a few weeks ago. may have made it in Jubilee, but I, it's a true statement. I, down through the years of pastoring, I've recognized this. I can find out how people really feel about me by how they treat my wife. Now that's interesting. You see, because for some unknown reason, and it ain't always women either, how they treat your wife is really how they feel about you. There are people that I've never had a cross word with, that I've never spoken an evil word to. As far as I know, they've never spoken an evil word to me, but they don't like that authority. I remember a man came to this church one time. He walked in, never seen anybody in this church. Walked in, walked straight up on this platform, introduced himself. And oh, man, what a problem in two services I had with that guy. Brother Laddie, I told somebody that knew him in the service, I said, do you know that guy? I mean, he really, I'll tell you what he did. He ran a sinner off. I mean, I was upset. Because I watched that lost person. I watched him do something that embarrassed that lost person, and they left, and they never came back. While I was upset, I told the, the gentleman in the church, I said, do you know him? He said, yeah, I work with him. I said, tell him to call me tomorrow. And so he called me. And I don't care to tell you that I said this. I wasn't arrogant. I wasn't mean. But I told him, I said, sir, I said, what you did last night, I said, caused a sinner to leave that we've been trying to get to come for a long time. And I said, and now they will not come back. I've spoken to them. I've tried to get them to come. They said they would not come back. And we had a few words they're talking not I mean I don't mean that like we were arguing we were just talking and uh, in a brief moment he he's, he bowed up and he said well nobody's going to tell me I said that's fine but I said you may want to find you another place to go to church yeah. amen. amen I make no bones about that tonight I'm telling you I'm not in the business of running people off but I'm telling you if you don't hold a firm line they will run flat over you and the end result of that is your church will be gone. Amen. Yes, sir. 
I gave that man every opportunity to make things right and was willing to let him come back to church, but not at the expense of what he did. He was not going to do that again. Somebody say amen. amen. Brother, I'm telling you, we can end a lot of stuff in our churches if preachers would just grow a backbone and love people. Don't be mean. Don't be mean-spirited. Don't, don't, don't talk condescending to people, but, but just hold firm to the truth of God's Word. Hey, listen, if I left this church tomorrow and was looking for a church, I, I want to go to a church where there's some leadership. Diotrephes, he despises authority. They, they avoid the preacher. They avoid the deacons. They avoid those that may have some kind of role in the church. And that's what this man did. He didn't like the authority. I'm sure John had never done anything wrong to him, but it was the title. And I think as preachers, we have to understand that sometimes just the title alone, that you have to bear some of the things. You do everything you can to help people and to reach people, but some people, my friend, cannot be reached and cannot be helped. And that's the sad tragedy of the ministry. But yet the work goes on. Isn't that right? Amen. We go on for the glory of God. We pray for them. We don't wish anything ill, but I want to say the diatrophies, listen, uh, they, they despise authority. I, I had a preacher one night, he texted me. It's probably about 1.30 in the morning. And I hope I was very conscious. You know how that is. I woke up and I read a text that, I mean, it was, it was long, long text. He was pouring his heart out to the Lord. Or to, to, the, to me, and then he had poured his heart, heart out to the Lord. He poured his heart out and just telling me all that he was going through in this church. And, and I knew somewhat of what he was going through, and it basically boiled down to that the, that the people in this church, it was family-owned and operated. Y'all know what I'm talking about? And everybody in the church had the same last name except him. <laughs> so blood's thicker than water. Can I get an amen? So the bottom line was he, I read the whole text. It was 1.30 in the morning. And uh, I read it all, and, and then I texted him back. I said, you probably should just resign your church. I woke up the next morning, and I told my wife, I said, I don't know if I was awake when I sent that. I said, I hope that poor fellow hasn't went and resigned his church. I prayed for him. But the truth is, there are some places God has wrote Ichabod. They've grieved the Holy Spirit because they despise the authority. Now, a pastor has to have accountability. Somebody say amen. He's not to make decisions all by himself. He has to have accountability. If he loves the church, he'll want the church in unison and he wants to work together. I like it when we work together. Amen. It doesn't always have to be my way. Amen. I want God's way. Don't you? Just like with this property, I say, Lord, thy will be done, not my will because I don't want to make the mistake. Amen. I want whatever God wants. If it's to stay here, let's stay here. If it's to go there, let's just go where God goes. Amen. Whatever he wants. But I will say this at the same time that there are those that do not want authority in their life. It's not getting easier. I say also, lastly tonight, in closing, Diotrephes, I see that he demands attention. He delights in authority but, or despises authority, but then he divides the audience. The Bible said in verse number 10 that he forbid, or that he received not the brethren, and he forbid them that would, casting them out of the church. You know what this man does? He decides who stays and who leaves. Now, you don't have to raise your hand tonight, but have you ever seen that in a church? Where have you ever, you, do you know of a church right now that, or that maybe you've known one before where, where you know that church has that testimony that, that there are certain people that have such a strong hold in that church that they decide who stays and they decide who leaves, including the pastor. They decide if he stays or leaves. 
And that's the diatrophies that they divide the audience. They, they decide they, uh, that they will always speak highly of the ones that they want to. You know, the Bible says if you see that your brother hath need, you shut up your bowels of compassion. How dwelleth the love of God? I mean, one of the things about the church is that we ought to be equal with one another. Isn't that right? We ought to love each other. You know, uh, the other day I heard a preacher preaching and he was talking about the word forbearing. And I never really looked that word up. But boy, when I heard him preach this, it got a hold of me. And I'm going to tell you something, it helped me. He said the word forbearing means in Ephesians chapter 3, it means to put up with. Amen. (laughs) Y'all let that sink in. Y'all still out there, ain't you? Okay. Forbearing means... To put up with. That means that I'm supposed to forbear some people in this church. And some people have to forbear me. Now we don't like to think about us on the other end, do we? We always like to think like this. Well, you know, brother so-and-so over there. You know, brother Jason, I have to forbear him, you know. Brother Lad Ledford, I have to forbear brother Lad. But I never think about, now brother Lad, he wouldn't have to forbear me. No. Brother Lad loves me. I mean, I mean, I, I, I could never imagine. I mean, why would he not love me? Isn't that the way our flesh likes to think? It's not true. Truth is, I have to put up with you at times. Come on now. And you have to put up with me. We have to put up with each other. You can't make it in a church if you want to be a part of a church where everybody just, everything just goes hunky-dory. Amen. Because it ain't going to go that way all the time. I have to forbear y'all sometimes. Brother Williams really has to forbear y'all. I feel so sorry for him. He has to put up. You know what? Isn't it that way? Isn't it that way? There's not a parent here. Now, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand tonight because that's putting you in a hot seat. There's not a parent here tonight. If you be real honest, there's times you've had to forbear your children. You just had to put up with them. Got too much invested in them to send them somewhere else and you can't send them back. Amen. Isn't that right? So you know what you do? You put up with them. But you know what? That's what being a Christian is. I was in this meeting the other day and this feller, I probably shouldn't tell it, but I'm going to. He drives me crazy. Can I just say that? I didn't tell where it was at and who it was. And y'all don't look so spirit. Man, I'm telling you, I've told more to y'all tonight and I'm going to tell you the next six months. <laughs> Brother David, honestly, the guy drives me up a wall, down the wall. I mean, he drives me nuts. And I was going over to this meeting and I said, Lord, please let that guy just be busy this week. I mean, I want him to come to revival. Just don't let him have time for me. You want to talk about forbearing somebody? I mean, he is on my heels from the time I got out of the car. And I got inside. I said, oh, it's going to be a long week. (laughs) And don't you judge me. I'll I'll take you to meeting with me for a week. And I'll tell him that you really like him, and I'll let him hang out with you for a week. (laughs) We'll find out what kind of Christian you are, amen. (laughs) Do you know what happened? About the second day, I mean, he's the kind of guy, he's standing there waiting on you when you get there, and he, as soon as church is over with, he's right in your face when it's over with. Yeah. And you know something? 
The Holy Spirit used him to help me. I was walking down the aisle there and he was walking right beside me. He was talking. He don't ever stop talking. He just talking. Just going, going, going. And boy, God spoke to me. He said he just wants a friend. And he really loves you. He probably loves you more than a lot of people love you. And he's looked forward to seeing you. And God said you'd be very good to him. Brother David, I had one of the best times with him. I enjoyed his company, and I'm being honest with you. I mean, I must have went crazy. <laughs> he just drove me to the point of insanity, I reckon. <laughs> just Kate, because I enjoyed it. But it might have been the Lord just let me tap into something. We miss a lot of blessings. Because sometimes, if we're not careful, we just live in our own little world. And we never reach out to some people and find out who they really are. And I don't mean get in their back pocket. I don't mean dive into their personal life. I just mean make a friend with them. Find out, there, you know there's people sitting in this church tonight that you really don't know that well. And it's, it's true with all of us. I'm not fussing. But if you just got to know that person and they got to know you, I wonder what kind of blessing, what kind of blessing would be in that. Brother, there's strength in number. And I'm telling you what a church needs in these last days. We need to be strong in unity together. And I, and I think we are. But I'm going to tell you something about unity. It's not something you chalk up one time, Brother Casey, and it's that way with us the rest of Unity something me and you better strive at every day to keep. Because the devil's going to strive every day to put a wedge between me and you. And he don't need anything to happen. All he's got to do is just plant something in your mind or plant something in my mind and just work it over and over and let me just think on it till it becomes a reality to me. And you never have to know anything about it. But it can become so real in my eyes that it separates us. You say, preacher, how do you overcome that? Prayer. Good works one toward another. The Bible says... The Bible says, let us do good unto all men, but especially those of the household of faith. Reach across the aisle and say every now and then, say, brother, I love you. I like that tie you got on. I gave you that tie, amen. That's why I like that tie. I don't know why I gave it to you because it looks pretty good right there. I love you, amen. I love you, amen. You know what that'll do? It helps them and it helps you, amen. Well, I'll tell you, if you're not careful, and if I'm not careful, we're all subject to become that person. Let's all stand tonight. I think the proposition tonight is this. Only if the Lord speaks to you, you don't have to come because I'm giving the invitation. But if He speaks to you tonight, I think the proposition is this. We ought to love our church, and we ought to pray for our church. And our church is not this building. Our church is every single person, every single person that's standing in these pews. It's those that are unable to be here tonight that are sick, afflicted. It's even those that have strayed and that are no longer with us. We ought to love our church. We ought to pray for our church. Outside the home, it's the greatest thing any of us got going for us is our church. And we're the family of God, the people of God. 
we ought to pray for the church. If the Holy Spirit speaks to you and you feel the need to come, you come tonight. Brother Brian's going to sing.